0: Life, if you give your heart and believe what he's done for you, you'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for life. The Lord had put away his sin, and David did not die for what he had done. Maybe he feels like, who am I now? It would be hypocritical of me to do anything. But guys, he just let a rape go. So I think that David really lost something here because he was kind of holding back now. He didn't have that boldness. He lost it. What he had done in the past, his mistake of the past, caused him to lose his boldness. Now, this is like chapter 11 all over again. When David chose not to go to war with the armies like a king was supposed to. It says that he stayed in Jerusalem when kings go out to battle. David is kind of falling down again. Again, friends, that's the damage that sin will do to you. And I know, I hope you're thinking about the sins you've got going on in your life, thinking, well, it's no big deal. It is a big deal. Look at what's going on here. And it came to pass after two full years that Absalom had sheep shearers in Belhazor, which is near Ephraim. So Absalom invited all the king's sons. Then Absalom came to the king and said, Kindly note, your servant has sheep shearers. Please let the king and his servants go with your servant. But the king said to Absalom, No, my son, let us not all go, lest we be a burden to you. Then he urged him, but he would not go, and he blessed him. Then Absalom said, If not, please let my brother Amnon go with us. And the king said to him, Why should he go with you? But Absalom urged him. So he let Amnon and all the king's sons go with him. Now Absalom had commanded his servants, saying, Watch now, when Amnon's heart is merry with wine, and when I say to you, Strike Amnon, then kill him. Do not be afraid, have I not commanded you. Be courageous and valiant. So the servants of Absalom did to Amnon as Absalom had commanded. Then all the king's sons arose, and each one got on his mule and fled. Absalom's one of those guys, though. He had a festering anger. And for two whole years, it says, okay, Tamar had to go through all this mess. Now, two whole years later, nothing was done. But for two whole years, his anger built up, and he premeditated, he planned this murder against Amnon as retaliation for raping Tamar. Now, it seems to me that his efforts would have been better spent on encouraging Tamar, building her up. And that's the problem we have with our culture today. We're too intent on finding something wrong with people and tearing them down rather than building people up that they hurt. We got it backwards. And so Absalom, he was going to host a feast, sheep, shearing, festival, which was a very cel- celebratory time back then because whenever you shear the sheep that kicked off a lot of economy because now you can make a lot of clothes from the shearing you uh, people are going to go buy dyes to color it the dye maker makes money now he can go buy produce and and you know it just it goes all around for everybody to make money so everybody was celebratory because it was going to kick off a lot of business there's going to be a lot of productivity out of this so they knew that the best time To kill Mr. Party Boy here, like your college frat guy, woohoo, you know, drinking up. They knew the best time to kill him was when he got drunk, and that's when he's going to be the most vulnerable. But did you catch how David was reluctant to let Amnon go and attend that feast? I think this means that David could smell trouble, but he allowed Amnon to go anyway. I think sin had still clouded David's senses at this point. You remember how wise David was. Well, he's not being as wise this time around. And it came to pass while they were on the way that news came to David saying, Absalom has killed all the king's sons and not one of them is left. So the king arose and tore his garments and lay on the ground and all his servants stood by with their clothes torn. Then Jonadab, the son of Shimea, David's brother, answered and said, Let not my lord suppose they have killed all the young men, the king's sons, for only Amnon is dead. For by the command of Absalom this has been determined from the day that he forced his sister Tamar. Now therefore let not my lord the king take the thing to his heart to think that all the king's sons are dead, for only Amnon is dead. Then Absalom fled, and the young man who was keeping watch lifted his eyes and looked, and there... Many people were coming from the road on the hillside behind him. And Jonadab said to the king, Look, the king's sons are coming. As your servant said, so it is. So it was, as soon as he had finished speaking, that the king's sons indeed came, and they lifted up their voice and wept. Also the king and all his servants wept very bitterly. But Absalom fled and went to Talmai, the son of Amahud, king of Geshur. And David mourned for his son every day. So Absalom fled and went to Geshur and was there three years, and King David longed to go to Absalom, for he had been comforted concerning Amnon, because he was dead. So now Amnon is dead. Amnon died. This now makes two sons. We got two sons are now gone, and two out of four are going to eventually die, because David had pronounced by law on the mystery man of Nathan's story that the guilty Man should die and he should pay back fourfold. Now, David got, all, got away from dying because of the covenant. His sin was put away from him. But the consequences are going to happen with the sword is going to be in David's house. It's going to kill other people. And four of his sons are going to be dead eventually. Son number two is dead. Now we're up to two sons gone. He's halfway through the fourfold pronouncement of death. And so Absalom ran off to hide with his grandfather, Talmai. And here's the story. Everybody's running off all this damage. But, you know, guys, we never hear anything about uh, Tamar again. That's the last we heard of her. And this is a sad, sad story because you want to know, well, what happened to Tamar? I don't know. It doesn't say. Sad story. But it shows us, guys, how bad sin will trash your life. It'll mess up your life. You're thinking, yeah, Ray, well, you know, I yeah, but I'm saved. You know, my life's okay. I'm saved. I belong to the Lord. And you know, Ray, they fell into this mess, but I won't because Jesus is in my heart, and I'm pretty smart now. I've got godly wisdom. This can't happen to me. I, th- I think the best way to put it is, this can't happen to me. I'm a follower of Jesus. I'm a follower of the Lord. I want you to remember in First Samuel eighteen fourteen, because I want you to know this can happen to you. First Samuel eighteen fourteen it says, and David behaved wisely in all his ways, and the Lord was with him. Okay, David had the Lord. He had the Lord too. David was wise. That's why Saul never could touch him because David was very, very smart. David understood beyond just smarts and beyond common sense. He had God-given wisdom. And yet even David fell into this. Don't ever say this can't happen to you. Now, there's four main people in this story that found themselves caught up in a bad situation. David, Tamar, Amnon, and Absalom. But David is the one that caused it all. He's the one that started this whole mess, how because the Lord told him in 2 Samuel 12 and 10, the sword shall never depart from your house because you have despised me and have taken the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be your wife. Thus says the Lord, behold, I will raise up adversity against you from your own house. That's the Lord's judgment against David for what he had done. David did bad stuff. And this is what the Lord's doing. He's raising up adversity. And every time sin jumped off David onto somebody else, it got worse each time. Tamar did nothing to cause any of this, but she was hurt by it. You saw the pain in her. Amnon didn't cause it, but he added to the problem. David caused it, Amnon did not, but Amnon added to the problem even more. And when Absalom added his own sin to it, Amnon... Died for it. David was protected under covenant. But look at all the mess for other people. David was under covenant, but he abused that covenant with God because while under covenant, while knowing he had the Lord's promise, he committed adultery and he committed even murder. And he became too concerned with his own affairs to take care of his children. David neglected his children you got to think about the fact that he was having children all over the country. Remember, he had wives everywhere and children everywhere. How can he spend enough time with all of these children? He can't. He neglected them. But, friends, what I'm trying to say in this is do not abuse covenant. Never abuse the covenant that you've been offered by God. However, I do want you to understand that nothing a man does will ever stop God's covenant if it's an unconditional covenant, okay? And now this this part of the story now is for us. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, know that you are under covenant with God. And if you abuse this covenant, the covenant that Jesus made for you on the cross. If you abuse this covenant by playing around with sin, you think into yourself, I've got God's favor, I can do whatever. I want now, I'm going to go to heaven when I when I die. I've got the covenant of the Lord. Jesus is my Lord and you get lazy, And you start playing around with stupid sin, thinking it's it's all okay no matter what happens. I'm going to heaven no matter what. Understand that you can seriously hurt yourself as well as those that you love. This is speaking totally against a sin license. Oh, Ray, you believe once saved, always saved. I do. Well, then that means you condone a sin license. I don't. I'm not teaching sin license at all. I'm speaking against it. But I want you to understand, though, there was a time when mankind was pure. He was free from sin. And you had Adam and Eve, the first two human beings to exist. They were, very, they were without sin. They did fall in sin, though, when God told them, don't eat off that tree. And the sin that they committed, it passed down through to all of us. We all got hit by it. We were all spiritually violated. We all lost the right to wear the colorful robe that marked our purity. It was a colorful robe of righteousness. We don't get to wear that. We are no longer fit to wear it. It got ripped away from us. We were all left desolate in sin. And the question came up, will we ever be loved by anyone again? Will anyone ever love me now? Will there ever be anyone who will accept me now? Because I've been violated by sin, fallen, desolate, alone, empty, rejected. Get out, and the door bolted shut. Do we even get to have a future at all? Will anyone ever love us? The answer is yes. There is someone who does love you. There is someone who does accept you, and in him, you do have a future. Romans 10, 13, for whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That means if you call on Jesus, you will be saved. That's the one who will accept you now. Now, just like Tamar had every legal right to force Amnon into trial, to make him pay for what he had done, God had every legal right to drag us into his court to make us pay for the sin that we had done too. Tamar could have used the law to place all the responsibility onto Amnon and make him pay her father, to buy her way out. God the Father, He could have used His law to place all the responsibility on you and me to make us buy our way out. But there's no way we could have ever paid it. It's too high. The price is too expensive. Psalm 49 and 7. Truly no man can ransom another or give to God the price of his life. For the ransom of their life is costly. The Lord God knew there was no way in hell, and I don't say that funny, I say that literally. There was no way in hell that you and I could ever pay that debt off. It was too expensive. It simply cost too much. And so Jesus saw our desolation. He saw us wondering, is there any hope? Is there anyone who will fight for me? Is there any man that will ever take me now? And Jesus looked at you and me, and he said, that is my child. I will allow this to go no further. It stops with me. I'm going to do something about it. And that's when he died for us, Romans 5 and 8. But God demonstrates his own love toward us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Friends, I want you to read this verse and understand that God did not say, now you straighten up and then I'll come clean it up. He didn't say, you stop sinning and repent and get right and do all these things and then I'll die for you. No, look at it, guys. It says he died for us while we were still sinners. Now, the law stated that Amnon was to pay Tamar's father 50 shekels to buy her. Remember that? Who Jesus parallels coming here to buy her and keep her as his own. He now had to see to her from now on. No divorce. Hebrews 13.5 says, For he himself has said, I will never leave you, nor forsake you. Friends, if you get under the blood covenant of Jesus Christ, he will see to your future. You will be his. There will be no divorce, no separation of any kind. He will commit to you. Isn't that good? Now Tamar could have taken Amnon to the court of law, but part of what would have happened in that court of law, it would have furthered her shame because everybody would have known what happened to her. Her shame kept her from wanting to try to do it. She didn't want to take him to court. They put her out and she left. And to think that God still has every right to condemn us if he wanted to, but his word says something that you should take great comfort in. Romans 10:11. Scripture says, Whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. Friends, isn't it great knowing what you've, you've done in your past, and as shameful as, as it is, he's never going to put you to shame. Okay, let's go to court. Let's get rid of these sins. But while we're at it, I want to drag it all out and throw it in your face. No, he's not going to do that. You won't be put to shame. Tamar's colorful robe of purity was ripped from her in shame. It was taken. Friends, you come to belief in Jesus, the shame never gets put back on to you. That's why he won't put you to shame. The shame gets put on Jesus at the cross. That's why he died publicly. That's why they had a court case for him. It was a baloney court. It was a fake made-up court. But he was put to incredible shame. He took it for you. And so her robe of purity was taken from her. It was ripped. She couldn't wear it anymore. But as sinners, our robe was taken from us too. But I want you to look at Isaiah 61 and 10. It says, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. Good night, guys. You think that robe is colorful? (laughs) I'm sure it is. If the Bible doesn't excite you, you're not reading it. Oh my gosh, to think of all the legality that could have happened here, all the red tape and all the, all the expense and all the fees and the lawyers and all the stuff and all the fourfold penalty that father God set aside away from us. But instead he placed all of this onto Jesus Christ, his son, so that you and I could be free from that death penalty forever. And he would accept us and he would love us despite our shame. And he would do it for all eternity. No divorce, no separation. But sadly, there's a lot of people today that have done wrong. But like Amnon, they just don't care. They don't care. They figure they can do whatever they want, and they're not accountable to anything. All they got to do is just throw people away after they've used them, after they get what they want out of them. But Amnon's day arrived. You saw that. His day did show up, and he paid for it with his life. Now, for those of you who take God's covenant as a sin license, that covenant that Jesus made for you and me at the cross and spilled it and said, if you get under this covenant, you're saved. But if you get under that covenant, there I said the prayer, but you're still sinning like a devil. You're abusing this covenant. You take God's covenant as a sin license because you don't care about the consequences of the law that the law says you sin, you die, and you're acting like, well, it can't touch me like Amnon did. You think that the grace of Jesus gives you this sin all you want to permission slip, then know this, your day is coming. Proverbs eleven twenty one: the wicked will not go unpunished, but the posterity of the righteous will be delivered. You know, I know you've never heard about what happened to Tamar. We don't know. And I know it stuck in your mind that she was violated, she was shamed, and she was insulted, rejected, and ignored. But so was Jesus Christ. He was put away. He was shamed. He was insulted, ignored. He went through all of that. And yet God raised him up. And that's why if you're in Jesus, death can't have you ever again. But just because we never hear of Tamar again, that does not mean that God did not restore her. He very well could have. He could have healed her of her her pain, and I just pray that she was. You know, there's a lot of unpleasant stories like this in the Bible, and it makes people mad, but we've got to understand that sin is unpleasant. It does a lot of damage. And so you've got a story like David here. He had hurt other people, yet he was granted the privilege of remaining under covenant. David caused a lot of this. He did very, very wrong, but he still got to stay under covenant. This shows us that God's purpose will be accomplished despite anything that we do according to our unrighteousness. But don't allow your past to blind you. Don't allow your past mistakes. I know you got them. And some of you out there are thinking about, well, I've done this, and you don't know what I've done, Ray. You don't know what I've done either. But you won't let your boldness come through because you're hung up on your past. You're letting it scare you away from being as bold as you used to be. Don't let guilt cause you to fall flat from performing your kingdom work like David had done. I know that we all suffer like this at times. Sometimes we feel desolate just like Tamar did. But I want you to know that you are not alone because Jesus does love you. He will fight for you and he will never leave you. Don't let your past ruin what you could be doing in the kingdom. Don't let it steal your boldness. He's not going to leave you. 1 John three and two, beloved. Now we are children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when He is revealed, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. And everyone who has this hope in Him purifies himself just as He. Is pure. Friends, this is why I always like to say that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you. Jesus saw us drowning in our sin and he did something about it. He said, That's my child. I'm going to do something about it. This stops with me. Praise God that he did something about it and he took our sin from us so that we could be under the blood covenant of Jesus Christ saved for all eternity. If you've never given your life to the Lord and you don't know how, let me lead you in prayer that you can pray along with me. Father, I have sinned, I have blown it, I have ruined it all. I've caused so much damage and I don't know what to do and I can't clean it up. Lord, I can't fix my life. I turn it all over to you. You are now my Lord. That means you're the boss. I'm gonna pursue you in your word. I'm gonna study to know who you are because I want to obey you. I wanna do what you tell me to do. Thank you, Lord God, for coming after me even when I did not care about anything and thought I was untouchable. I now know I'm in big trouble. Thank you for taking care of my penalty for me. I give you my life. Take over. You're the Lord now. I give myself to you. Thank you for giving me eternal life. In Jesus' name, amen. And friend, when you get under that covenant, do not abuse it as though it is a sin license. Rather than abuse it, You should obey it. You should respect it. You should honor God with your life. Thank you, God, for giving me grace that saves and honor Him through your obedience and by serving Him. That's what you do with covenant. Thank you for being here. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Set for Life.